0: Our reading is from Matthew, chapter 28, and reading from verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to, do, to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Thank you, Phil. Well, today's sermon is about a word for all his people, that is all of you, all of those that are called to be in Christ. And the word all... Is both an inclusive word, it is scary, it is indeed daunting, it has such a wide scope, it's got all, it's everything. It is also, however, very encouraging, if you like, a challenge. And let us pray that we also, all of us, will be indeed just that, courageous and challenged. Let us pray. Our loving Father, we ask that you will indeed give us the courage, give us the assurance that these are the things we are to do. These are the things that you want us to do, and we want to be obedient. We pray that you will strengthen us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me read from Joshua, chapter 1, verse 7 to 9. God says to Joshua, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua was one of two men that were allowed into the Holy Land by God of all the people that left Egypt, only the two of them. The rest had been born on the way. So what has courageous to do with today's passage, the Great Commission? Well, courage comes in abundance if you trust in the Lord. When you have your hand of the Lord on you, you have nothing to fear. And you will always be free, free to serve him faithfully all the days of your life. No one can do anything to you that he won't prevent. Well, what has that got to do with then today's text as well? Well, some of you will know that you probably have at some times experienced a little bit of a fear or call it maybe a trepidation or even hesitation when you are asked or encouraged to go out into the streets and the shopping centers and proclaim salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to have to put yourself out there. There are all these thoughts that start racing through your mind, isn't there? How will people react to me? What will people think of me? What if they totally reject everything I say to them? And I don't even know enough to do all that. I don't know how to defend the Lord. But let's take another view of that rather than having all these bad thoughts about what could go possibly wrong, being called by God is a blessing. Being called by God is indeed wonderful. Knowing Jesus as my Redeemer gives me a great sense of security. Knowing Jesus is a privilege. And yet all of that comes with, well, just let's call it plainly, All that comes with a committed obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Shortly before ascending to heaven, Jesus gave the disciples what we now know as the Great Commission. Jesus commands the disciples to make disciples of others through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, bringing people into fellowship in the church through the initiatory rite of baptism. And then he continued to teach them all the things Jesus has taught us. And at the end of his command, Jesus then assures them and us that he will be with us always, forever. And as the passage reads, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. Well, this commission is built around four amazing universals. It is about all authority. It is about all nation, it's about all that I have commanded you, and it entails all the days of your life. Therefore, let us start with the authority part of it, all authority. When Jesus makes this claim of having given all authority by the Father, he has been given all authority, it is indeed a bold and a massive claim that he just made. It's about Authority in heaven. What he's telling the disciples and you and I is that he has total, unrestricted, and unconditional authority over all things everywhere. It amounts to a full fledged claim to be God. Whatever Yahweh can do, Jesus can do as well, which is just as well, by the way, because Jesus has just promised them that he will always be there to the very end of the age, always. And see, having that authority given to him may, means it's also he is actually able to keep the promise he just made, which is more than any of us can claim. Then, of course, there's the authority that he's been given over spiritual forces. In Ephesians six twelve, we can read, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, interesting, even back then, (laughs) against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Again, we, as his chosen people, have no reason to fear such things. All of these dark forces are fully under the authority of Jesus, As we're also reminded of in Ephesians, it says the power, the authority is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but also in the age to come forever. Leading us then on to the authority that he wields, over his disciples. Now, when we talk disciples, it is about the 11 then and us today. You are a disciple. All this is getting real personal. If he's claimed to have all authority, then that would certainly also include authority over all disciples, both then, now, and the future, includes you it can become a little difficult for us from time to time we are like children sometimes and we have this vague high opinion of ourselves that we have the right to make decisions about our lives and up to a point i'm guessing we actually do have that right because we have been given a large amount of free will in how we do things but free will we also must remember that comes with responsibility. It comes with consequences. And it will require a lot of wisdom so we don't go wrong. But however, the free will does not extend itself as far as your salvation is concerned. That is fully and only within God's will and mercy. We are, after all, told this in John fifteen sixteen. Jesus told the disciples you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name the father will give you you have been called by him to be fruitful for him as the disciples you're also Sadly, you are not entitled to set your own agenda. (laughs) It's not about what you want. It is all about what Jesus wants from you. If you have some doubt about this part, then I can recommend you a really good reading that will sort this out in your mind. It's called the Book of Jonah. You'll find in the Bible... And it will give you a real clear understanding of that what God wants, God gets. Jonah learned that really hard. Remember, this is all about his authority over everything. And, of course, we also include authority over all nations in that, all nations. There is no nation on earth that is not under the authority of Jesus. It may not seem like that when we see what all these things are happening around the world with the wars and the threats of war, uh, all the things that are happening, laws being implemented everywhere, contradicting everything that we know to hold dear in the Bible, euthanasia, abortions, all these things are happening around us. And yet, we also read in Romans 13.1, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Well, sometimes God will let us have what we deserve. (laughs) So when you go to an election and you get a bunch of politicians, you get what you deserve, like it or not at least this side of heaven. We will need to live within all this. We need to live within those restraints. But we can do this in the knowledge that everything under the authority of Jesus, as Paul also fully understood, and he wrote about this in Philippians, he said to us, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation be prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's where we get our peace and our trust and our faith. And without putting too fine a point on it, we can have this peace of God with God because we know all this is within his authority to give us. Jesus then turns, of course, then to all the nations in verse 19, where he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. This is, of course, a clear teaching from Jesus that all nations, the entire world, is absolutely within his given authority. There is no Muslim nations. There are no Catholic nations. There are no Anglican nations. There are no Presbyterian nations. We must understand it's simple enough. When Jesus says his authority covers all nations, it means we are to make sure that all nations will be able to hear his gospel preached and explained so that people can understand what we talk about. Just as we read that Philip did with the eunuch, he explained what Isaiah 53 meant. When we speak of his church, all we want to do to tell people about who we are. We should maybe just keep it a little more simple. How about saying things like, I am a Christian? I know we always say I'm a Christian, but let's keep it Christ because a follower of the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, our faith is named after him, Christ. And when we look at history all over the world, It is when the church willingly then shares the gospel with the communities in which they live, they also experience his blessing one after another. We've seen this here at Woodford. We've been out evangelizing and talking to a lot of people, and none of them came into church with us. But in the meantime, God has been sending people into this church, one blessing after another. You would also therefore know that when a church organization shuts down the evangelism committee that organizes all this on behalf of the broader church, the church will then find stagnation and false teaching, indeed, will find a foothold. When a church forgets that all authority is solely in the hands of Jesus Christ, it will naturally spell trouble for the days ahead. Be it nations. All churches, we are called to serve the Lord with an appropriate level of obedience. And that's the third point. It is all I have commanded, Jesus says. Jesus can command all things because he holds all authority. Serving the Lord under this acceptance, we find a command in verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. That's what he wants us to do as well. Did I mention that when a church forgets that all authority is solely in the hands of Jesus Christ, it naturally spells trouble for them? Sadly, in today's world, maybe more than any other time, the idea of teaching everything about Christ can sometimes seem to go in the other direction. Instead of striving... For a church to teach all of Christ, a great number of churches seem to be trying to concentrate on the easily comprehended and unobjectionable core of teaching that they see as important. Things such as grace without judgment, love without justice. How about salvation without obedience or salvation even without repentance? or triumph without any suffering. All of those things, they're left out because it's objectionable to the world. Such reductionist thinking is not what Jesus has called you and I for. Churches heading down this path may find their buildings may be full of people, but this is a worldly method which will only bring worldly results. You cannot build disciples with defective theology. It has to be biblical fully. We must always hold to a high view of Scripture. If you and I are to be faithful to the teaching of Jesus Christ, we must absorb and hold within us his, Jesus' high view of the Bible as a fundamental part of what our theology should be. And then about the sovereignty of God, we need to capture a new elevated sense of who God is, particularly in regards to his sovereignty. To say that God is sovereign, as the Bible teaches, is to accept that he rules the universe and everything in it. Nothing is a surprise to God. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. And we should not, within that realm, we should also not forget about the depravity of man. We are not just not as good as God. We are factually in ourselves, we are dead in our transgressions before Jesus. We also deprived that we have no way of being with God, was it not for his grace, his mercy, and his calling of you. And speaking of grace... Grace is, after all, what God provides for his chosen people only, only. In John 17, 19, 9, we are told by Jesus, Father, I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me. Once called and provided grace, we are commanded by Jesus to do good works. Not that we may be saved, but because we are saved. We are to stand for justice. We are to care for the sick. We are to defend the oppressed. We are to oppose those who condone injustice and the wrongdoings. In, in Romans one thirty two, Paul writes to us, Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things but also approve of those who practice them. We cannot, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, condone anything they do because we think it is socially justifiable. Within all this, we have security, all of this it would be foolish for anyone to presume they are followers of the jesus if they're not willing to also disregard or disobey both his teaching as well as his commands you cannot let him go and not live by him we thankfully also know that once saved we are always saved since salvation is a sole domain of god and god doesn't change his mind he's never made a mistake so once you are his it cannot be lost. We're told by Jesus also in John 10 My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. What unbelievable security we have. Finally, we have Jesus using words like always indicating, of course, he speaks of eternity. Jesus is called Emmanuel, early in Matthew, meaning God is with us. And he and now Jesus tells you and I that he, God, will be with us for all eternity. Whether we are here or in heaven, we are with him. He is with us. He indeed sent his Holy Spirit, the third part of the Godhead, to live in us. What a great promise What an incredible assurance he has given us. It is in light of all of this that you need to consider and weigh up carefully and examine yourself. What does the Great Commission mean to you personally? When Jesus gives you the Great Commission, what does it mean to you? We're heading into Christmas, the time when we celebrate his arrival on earth. See, it's not easy to follow Jesus Christ, but then again, he never promised that that would be easy. But I can tell you it is far better to follow him than not. For not only do we have the promise of a sure and certain hope beyond the grave and rewards in heaven that has been given us as a gift by grace and mercy, we have the promise of the Lord's presence with us even now today this is the God that we worship this is where we come to the cross and understand why Jesus had to die for us that we could be with him in eternity let us pray our loving and gracious father we come to you again to thank you for your teaching thank you for your son Thank you for the plan of salvation. We thank you for calling us to give us the assurance each and every page of your Bible that we can be together, care for each other, love each other. Lord, may you guide us by your Spirit each and every day that we may obediently serve you with all of our lives. This we pray in the holy name of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.